and welcome back to another installment of the ABC Movie Show. My name is Bo Allen. My name is Jacob Rodier. And we have a lot of very fun things, I think, to talk about today, because while not a lot of, I think, you know, great quote-unquote cinema is coming out, do we have a whole lot of trashy cinema, which is my almost my favorite type. Um, and kicking it off, where else could you kick it off? With, I mean, any, nowhere but Jackass could we start this fantastic run of trashy theater we're about to get. You're calling Jackass trashy? Uh, would you say it's classy? Because I've seen <laughs> Steve-O get bungee jumped in a porta potty filled with human feces. Yeah, I guess it is pretty trashy. It's not really like going to see Gone with the Wind, like, you know... <laughs> I I don't I don't think you have either, but I've never experienced a Jackass movie in theaters, so I'm super excited for this. So uh, I was gonna start off with this actually. What what do, what is your well? The last Jackass movie that came out was Jackass 3D, mm-hmm. which came out in 2010, and I think they did uh, like the director's cut, which was like the you know the it was like all the bonus material from Jackass. Like th- it was Jackass 3.5. Right. And that came out in 2011. I think that one did a theater run. So 2011 would have been the last time it was in theaters. But, you know, I'm like, uh, what? Well, I guess I would have been like 13. I don't know. But my parents aren't driving me to the movie theater to go see Jackass, mostly because they don't want to go see Jackass. (laughs) But this, I mean, I feel like if you are – a uh, guy and born from 1990 on, you have a very deep personal relationship with Jackass, right? Like, or am I wrong in that assumption? Yeah, because I feel like even if you haven't seen Jackass, you know of Jackass. You right. know who Steve-O is, like in Knoxville maybe, but when you hear Jackass, you immediately know what that is. And also, I mean, you've heard, uh, like, you know, when you're about to do something stupid with your friends, like even if you haven't seen it, like there's been plenty of times where I've like about to do some dumbass, like jump off a off a balcony onto a table. I actually haven't done that, but I've seen friends do it, and they're like, "My name's whatever. I'm my sure. name's blocked out here." Whatever you say, Bo. <laughs> Welcome to Jackass. You've never seen Buffalo Bills fans do that. You don't think we see those videos and we're like, "Let's fucking rock." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that you haven't done it. Sure. Oh no. I'm I'm not tough enough for that. <laughs> if you say so. Um, can you remember the first time you saw a Jackass movie? Because like I remember the first time I saw a Jackass movie. I don't think I remember the first time I I saw like I sat down and watched the movie, but I remember seeing clips all over. Yeah. I think I, I definitely saw clips way before I saw the movie, and then I I went back and and saw the the full thing, and it was awesome. Um, I'm going to tell a tale real quick of the first Jackass film I saw. Um, I believe it was actually 3.5, so it was Sober Stevo, and, you know, the guys were a little bit older, and then Dunn had died, right, by then? Or no, he died after 3.5. Yeah, it was after. Because that's the one with all the interviews when he and Bam are fucking with each other in the director's chairs in France. Um, and so it was like, like our, my friend groups parents would all hang out and like have a few beers and shit you know growing up and we were in my buddy's like his dad's like study which was off to the side of the living room all of our parents were in and there was a tv in there and he put on a dv a jackass dvd and it was 
3.5 and I think it was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my life at that time just like a bunch of 10 and 11 year old kids 12 year old kids 13 year old kids just watching these absolute morons do the stupidest shit you've ever seen and like at that point like I think they all became my heroes <laughs> yeah well I think most of it is that we see that these adults or supposed to be adults acting like kids that were our age at the time so right. it's just like, oh, that's what adult life is. It, it's not only wait. that they're act, they're acting like kids who have million dollar budgets to do the craziest shit that they want. Exactly. Yeah, this is stuff like we dream about doing to our friends. Like, it's great because every like everybody's, I think, or maybe or maybe may, I could be wrong here, but almost everybody has pushed a friend down a hill in a shopping cart. <laughs> But th- what these guys do is they take their budget, they build a giant shopping cart, and all pile into it and <laughs> ride down a hill. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's genius. Yeah, and it's awesome that they get this stuff on footage and turn it into mm-hmm. a movie to, like, for everyone to enjoy. I think part of it, too, is you're watching it and you're like, oh, my God, they get paid for this? Like, I do this to make my friends laugh like that's all it is is just trying to make your buddies laugh i don't think i realized they were getting paid until a lot later (laughs) in life i was just like oh these guys are just fucking around and just making movies for free right um god like i'm looking at the pit just the screen caps from (laughs) um jackass 3.5 and just like when they just randomly drop kick each other (laughs) Just drill each other in the face, legs clear. <laughs> legs clear in the air. Alright, I, um, I got a question for you. Alright. If you got the opportunity to be alright, I guess like a PA on a jackass set, would you do it? Like because there's always the fear that I'm gonna get like tased or something. Everyone on the jackass set gets fucked with no matter what. Um dude, I'd would you do it. Do it. I'm a pretty I'm I'm a pretty tough guy. I think I could handle it. Oh no, you just said you weren't a tough guy. You didn't jump on a table. I didn't ju- I wasn't okay. Well <laughs> it's if I'm getting paid, that's a different thing. No, it's like PA, so you're getting like the minimal pay. No, but you're on set a, and you're still getting fucked with. I would definitely be a PA. They probably fuck just, with the PAs so much. <laughs> I mean just to get to but like I would love the opportunity just to hang out with these guys. <sighs> yeah, it's tough, like I know they're going to do some terrible things to me, but I'm kind of down. <laughs> well, we talked about this last week. Like, Steve-O is literally, like, one of my heroes. Like, I think he is a – he's a great guy, and he's also kind of a genius, like, in his own way. And I just think it would be really cool to hang out with these guys and see what they're really all about. Yeah, I think it would be cool to hang out with them not on set. <laughs> <laughs> on set, I don't so, think uh, – Oh no! Everywhere you look, her step is a landmine. So I, I don't think it stops offset. I think it stops a little bit offset, but yeah, um, not to, not to the extreme. One of my favorites is, and I don't. I mean, this we we could turn this into. Let's just talk about our favorite jackass bits. It's not very. It's not very great for an audio medium, but it's just fun to do. One of my favorite bits is the one where they're just in the hotel room and Giant Knoxville hooks up the ho- giant hand in front of the kitchen when they're in the hotel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's pulling it back and Dunn walks in and just gets flattened by it. And, he's like, <laughs> or it's, and then there's like Bam carrying like soups. <laughs> mm. 
And in that same hotel when they put, like, the letter up there that's supposed to be from the groupies and P. <laughs> what is it? What's his name? Is it, uh, what, what's his fucking name? Oh, Wee Man. Not, I don't know why I went Pee Wee there. Like, he's Pee Wee Herman. No, Wee Man jumps up on the chair to read it, and the boxing glove comes out and punches him straight in the face. <laughs> That's a great one. Anything where Pontius pulls his penis out also is hilarious. This the When they dressed his dick up like a mouse and put it in the snake cage. I love anyone where they use the bull. <laughs> the bulls are – I love 3.5 when – I was going to say, the bull stunts are just too funny to watch. Because they actually have, like, fear in their faces when they see the bull. And 3.5, Knoxville's like, oh, I'm terrified whenever I shoot with bulls, man. But you always get good video. (laughs) It's like you always get good film with a bull. Well, I I was listening to Knoxville on another podcast um, this morning. And Mm -hmm. he was promoting the the new one, Jackass Forever. And... I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but there's uh, another bull stunt they're doing in it. And so Knoxville I, got a concussion from it. But he said that they had to do two takes of that because the first one, it hit him so hard that like that like he, he was basically like unconscious, but th- it didn't look good on camera. So they're like, all right, take two. And immediately just went back into it. Like, that's insane that it still uh, hit him like just as hard, but it didn't look good on camera. So they just had to do it again. Yeah, I... So I haven't watched any of the trailers. I know that they're doing more bullshit. Well, okay, wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was completely accidental. They're doing more stuff with bulls. I know that because I'd seen clips, but I've been like, like you with like a major movie about to come out, like I'm ducking trailers left and right because I don't want these stunts ruined for me. Yeah, it was inevitable because I saw it in theaters and I couldn't avoid it, but it wasn't. I've I've been... Closing my ears, closing my eyes. It's like I'm doing for the Batman trailers, like I was doing for the Spider-Man trailers. Yeah, like. now, this one's fun um, to see the audience reaction of just the trailer too, because this one played in front of like some like PG-13 like general movies. I forget which ones. So they're like a full crowd, like family audiences watching this thing, and it was just so funny seeing everyone's reaction. Dude, that's like kids getting their eyes open to Jackass for the first time. Yeah. And what's interesting is also Knoxville, he talked about how, like, this new one has a lot of um, new members, like, joining the Jackass team. Yeah. And Knoxville's kind of, like, passing on the torch with this one. Like, there's going to be, like, a whole new, like, younger group of people that are now going to get their ass kicks, kicked. I mean, I'm totally fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. It does not look like I'm going to see it with many people in my theater, which hopefully people buy tickets in the theater um, and go, because that's happened a little bit, actually. But, um, I mean, if they're going to, like, pass a torch and get, get new jackass guys, if they can keep up with not only the physical comedy but, you know, the wittiness of it, too, I'm all for it. I, I think that would be great. I yeah, think every generation needs a jackass crew. <laughs> I mean, yes, Steve-O, Knoxville, all the oldies, they're getting old, man. They can't, they can't do this forever. Their bodies won't and let that, them. Well, and also I don't want to sound like the stereotypical, like, uh, old old person being like, well, you just gotta toughen up sometimes, but like you gotta be tough. So like this, I think this is a great lesson that it's okay. Like, obviously not to this level, but there is a good lesson here that sometimes you're gonna fucking fall. Just get up and laugh about it. You know, like shit's gonna hurt sometimes. Scrape your knee, it's fine. Be a fucking kid. Are you talking about the younger kids? Well, well, like I think 
if Jackass continues, like, and they keep putting out new ones, but with new casts and stuff, I think, like, it's weird and backwards almost, but I think these movies have somewhat of a lesson. <laughs> and, like, because, like, I, I, this is so, this sounds so, like, this generation is snowflakes, which is not what I'm trying to do at all. But, like, the theme song is, like, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough for a reason. And, like, I'm not a fucking idiot, but I, I can be stupid sometimes, and you have to learn to, like, be okay with that. And, like, you're going to fuck up and fall over. And especially yeah. when you're a kid and you're this age, like, I think, like, you're their target age because their target age is, like, fucking 12-year-olds. It says don't do these stunts at home, but, like, go out with your friends and go down a shopping go down a hill in a shopping cart like you're gonna be fine no yeah i think you it's know? just about like youthfulness in general and just it is and also just Which is, entertaining people because it's like america's funniest home videos but just right. a lot rated r <laughs> that's why i think it's also a good thing that um knoxville kept his hair gray is another thing because like you're never a, a little like I think it, he was like, I didn't just see, I just didn't see a point in it during the pandemic, but also it's just like, you're never too old to fuck around with your friends. <laughs> like just everything's so serious now. I think we need a jackass movie more than ever. Yeah. This is like a good send off for the, all the old guys. And then mm-hmm. we'll welcome in the new ones. We've done over 10 minutes on jackass. I'd not see us doing 10 minutes on jackass, but the more I talked about it and the more I've thought about it, like it really was like a cultural Oh yeah, cornerstone in our generation, and especially like when I got to college, like we would like we would just put on Jackass movies. Like there was like a three month period where we watched all of them, including the two point five and the three point five. Like all of them just on loops. We'd go out and we'd come home and we'd watch Jackass movies. Yeah, or we'd just you watch like have no class. No, I don't think I've ever watched a Jackass movie with my parents. My dad. No, said that's what he I'm watched. saying. I'm just saying, like, you always watch with like your your friends or your college. Well, friends yeah. No, I know. My dad said he did watch the show when it first started, actually, mm. but I don't think he ever watched one of the movies. Maybe I'll make him watch one with me tonight. <laughs> yeah, good I family bonding it. experience. Shit, my dad thinks that stuff is as funny as I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. I'm, I'm so excited to see it tomorrow. If they do an emotional send-off to the originals. I legitimately might cry in a Jackass movie. I've already thought about it. I mean, the premiere is last night, and I've I seen some reviews come in. They're looking great. That makes that makes my heart happy. Love these guys. Um, speaking of just a, a cultural childhood touchstone, we've talked about Moonfall a little bit, which is the second trashy theater movie coming out this week. And... Uh, you brought to my attention some quotes that Roland Emmerich made. Would you like to either give the quote or give us a little summary of what he said? Yeah. Tell the people. So the article that came out was a little very clickbaity per usual. Mm-hmm. So, so the, I'll read the, the article first. It said, Marvel and Star Wars are ruining the film industry. And then it also says, Moonfall director says. It doesn't, right. say, it doesn't say Roland. <laughs> it's so, it's so like funny. I think Roland's like a big enough name that you don't have to say moonfall director but maybe this is like they're trying to promote moonfall so i guess it makes sense i don't know but the the thumbnail is spider-man by the way on this yeah the spider-man shock face yes um but he actually said which is still uh he said 
Naturally, Marvel and DC Comics and Star Wars have pretty much taken over. It's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore. So he's trying to say that they're just kind of like overtaking the box office and uh, no original movies are making popularity anymore. Which is very ironic coming from someone who made Independence Day 2 and a Godzilla remake and is making a cliche sci-fi disaster movie coming out. I, I was going to say, let me just go through his uh, his filmography real quick, just starting from his big his, his big hits. So we went Stargate, space film, sci-fi film, Independence Day, space film, sci-fi film, Godzilla, remake of a popular franchise, The Patriot. I'll give him that one. That's a little bit more creative, but also dances by dance or not dances with wolves. Although that had come out, um, you know that era of, you know, uh, what, what was it? Last of the Mohicans. So you know we were kind of around the older era of movies. Then Day After Tomorrow, disaster film. Twenty twelve, disaster film. Those were five years apart. Five years. White House Down, twenty thirteen, same year Olympus Has Fallen come out, and I know people get those movies. Uh, switched up independence day resurgence total cash grab off the goodwill we have of independence day fuck that movie forever and always then he did he released day after tomorrow deleted scenes 14 years after they came out then he did midway which is a entire pearl harbor ripoff which why would you rip off one of the worst michael bay films then he did moonfall and up next he has guess what a Stargate remake. Yeah, so... What the where fuck the are you f- talking about, Roland? Yeah, where does this guy get off talking about originality? <laughs> what are you talking about? I have a lot of love for a couple Roland Emmerich films. Like I've said, Independence Day is a very important movie to me. And uh, I liked 2012 at the time. You know what? Actually, Independence Day is all I really like from him. Um, I don't even really like The Patriot that much. Uh not the most creative guy in the world. No, and it, this quote just uh, it's ironic it does not make sense coming from Roland. Like Scorsese is saying this, sure, I get it. Yeah. He, he's talking about he, his He made good fellas. He can say whatever he wants. He said his quote unquote like it's not true film whatever. But from someone who is known to make remakes and these sci-fi clichés to saying how there's very few original movies, you're not even trying. Like come on. He makes, your point is not even valid. You, I can't take your point seriously. So, and this is not to to shame this pl- genre of movie because I love this genre of movie. But the big blockbuster, stupid plot, extremely famous pe- celebrities saving the world genre, huge market for it. Popcorn sales go way up when movies like this come out. Uh, they're always great summer flicks. Although we're getting one in February this year. Um, I love those movies, but if you make those movies, you can't say that Marvel isn't fucking creative and <laughs> isn't original. Because, for one, they're doing something no one has ever done before with this massive, expansive universe. So you're not connecting Independence Day in 2012, dipshit. Like, you know? It's just, he's not very creative, is my point. Yeah, and it's, I don't know. This, this more seems like he's just trying to promote moonfall honestly yeah and also speaking of not creative has he heard of armageddon because that is a very similar movie which also had a movie come out the same year as it that it's pretty much the same plot um what was that movie 
the other asteroid movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You don't know what I'm Don't look up? About? No, not don't look up. Asteroid, dis- I'm Googling it right now, disaster movies. Um, Deep Impact, same year, same plot. So my point with this is he's not touching on anything new. So go try and make another Independence Day sequel. <laughs> I'm going to go see Moonfall this weekend. <laughs> I will see that this weekend, maybe Friday. That's what I'm going to do with my Friday night is go see Moonfall. Uh, I'm so sad. I'm sure it's going <laughs> to be super original. It's going to be fucking terrible. I can't wait. I'm going to eat so much popcorn. I'm going to get a large. Um, speaking of of uh, original, yes. Fast and Furious news. <laughs> yes! I love the Fast and Furious movies, and... I was. I felt like my dads were getting divorced when Vin Diesel and The Rock got upset at each other on Instagram, and it's really, really been tearing me apart. But thank God we have replaced one muscly Samoan man with another. Jason Momoa is Samoan, right? I don't know. But either way, the Momoa is replacing The Rock. And fast Hawaiian. 10. He's Hawaiian. No. I don't know. Yes, he's Hawaiian. There we go. Good job. Did it. Um, yes, he's going to be. Are we making a new role for him, or are we just going to plug him in, shave his head, and say he's Hobbs? I don't think he's going to play Hobbs, but he's going to play basically the same character. It's going to be Hobbs' um, brother. <laughs> that. Good, if the good casting, not gonna yeah. lie, like they, you know, they both have like the tattoo thing. You know, they could be from that island, right? They could both be from that same island. Yeah, we met a bunch. Momoa, of, if Amaro shaved his head and his beard, he could pull it off. Well, he doesn't even have to do that. I mean, do you remember when that we go to like the island the rocks from? And yeah. have you seen Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. So, I mean, a few of them have beards and hair. Yeah, I'm just saying to look more like The Rock. I guess. Just so, so we can really plug him in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the tattoos, Matt, like, I'm looking at the, a picture of it. Like, one of the brothers looks like a skinnier, uglier Momoa. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm happy with this replacement. If we can't get I The Rock, I'll, I'll take Momoa. Yeah, man, it fi- it fits. He's uh, charismatic. He's a happy-go-lucky big dude. He is be badass. He is one of the most fun actors working in Hollywood right now, and um, I, I he just he brings a a great energy to everything he does, and I think it'll blend right in with the rest of like the Fast family. Totally, he'll he'll be great fighting Vin Diesel. Fist to fist. <laughs> is he fighting? He won't be fighting Vin Diesel. He's if he's yeah. He's, play, the ho- he's playing the enemy. No, he's not. What? He will star opposite Vin Diesel. Opposite does not mean like opposite. I like think he's playing sides. the sides. I don't think he is. If he's taking the Hobbs role, then um, 
He's just going to be like somebody that works in the government and helps them out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Introducing a new John- character and having him not be the villain is a little interesting. Charlize Theron's still the villain. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so maybe What not. ended up happening with John Cena at the end of that? Did he turn good? I completely forgot F9. I don't remember. That's how much mem- that's how memorable it was. Why is Han back? Can we change this pod into the Fast and Furious pod? You don't like t- Han? Is that a teen movie? I love Han. But I was so, just like, wow, they ran out of ideas here. No, <laughs> why are you questioning? I actually I, I really liked F I kinda liked F nine. I, I I don't dislike any of these movies, but like no, I love all of them. Well, I'm glad Han's back. It's yeah. Probably time to bring Giselle back because that's the only thing Gal Gadot is good at. I'm, I'll shoot a sh- I'll, I'll I'll take pot shots at Gal Gadot. I don't think she's a good actress. She's good in these movies though because she doesn't have to do anything. No, she's a good-looking actor- actress. <laughs> exactly. It's like uh, Scott Eastwood in these movies. Like he's basically just another car. Like he's just a yeah. piece of the f- of the scenery. <laughs> exactly. One of the greatest things I've ever heard was uh, this podcast I used to listen to called We Hate Movies, and they were doing like F, like Fast Eight or whatever. <laughs> he said Clint Eastwood probably saw that movie, went home, put on <laughs> put on a fistful of dollars or for a few dollars more, and pointed to himself when he wasn't talking, and he said, "You see that, Scott? You see how your eyes are drawn to me, even though I'm not talking? That's called presence." <laughs> Do you remember? He, Go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say Scott Eastwood might as well be a stool. Like, he just, he's, I hate him. He's a terrible actor. Sorry. Do you remember the first time you saw Gal Gadot? Um, like, what do you mean? In the Fast franchise or like the first no, time like, on screen? on screen. Because I have one specific moment. I wonder if yours is the same. Uh, it was, it was Batman v Superman for me. Really? That was your first time? I think so. Well, I, I might I might refresh your memory real quick. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember the GoDaddy Super Bowl commercial? Oh, I remember those commercials. I don't remember her being in one. Gal Gadot was the hot model who made out with the ugly chick, the ugly guy. Oh yeah, that guy who played the nerd in uh in yeah, everything. The commercial who literally was just an ugly dude sitting in a chair and then Gal Gadot going out and making out with him for thirty seconds and then that was the commercial. Oh, I totally remember that now actually. Yeah, that was Gal Gadot. Has that commercial been scrubbed from the internet? I'm trying to find it. No, it's definitely out there. You can't scrub that commercial. Honestly, uh, iconic commercial though. What year? What year was that? Uh, I don't know. Probably in the twenty twenty fourteen. I don't know. That's a random guess. I don't know, man. I yeah, I can't find it anywhere. But yes, I do remember that actually. Um, not as vividly as you do, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. Well, I just remember being like, "Who is that?" And then I well, looked it up. You want to know? It's weird. Weird, like. <laughs> is um the guy from that commercial he's in the background of a couple shots of toby mcguire spider-man and i always go that's that guy from the GoDaddy commercial 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's such a weird shout for me to notice, but like every time I'm like, yep, that guy was in the GoDaddy commercial. He just plays a nerd in everything, man. He's, he's a good nerd actor. Oh, dude, I, I found the commercial. This is not Gal Gadot. I'm thinking of something else. Oh, you're, you're kidding. We did that. We did five minutes on that for nothing. I Thank swear you. Gal Gadot was in a GoDaddy commercial, though. I think she wow. was in a Wix. Um, it, it was Raf. It was Bar Raphael, who's actually Israeli model too. Maybe that's why I got him confused. A blonde woman. I just found it. Yeah. I think it's because it was an Israeli are model. Are you? I got is my Israeli models confused. Didn't know you were <laughs> followed Israeli models so quickly, so so closely. I thought you were just confused with Danica Patrick for a second. Um. No. Yeah. That's Bar Raffaelli in the GoDaddy commercial. But I, I'm pretty sure Gal Gadot was in a Ooh. Super Bowl commercial because I remember her vividly, and that's the member oh. the first time I saw her. Oh, I'm watching the commercial right now. That was a brutal watch. But it's still it sticks with you. Like that's a memorable commercial. You pulled that deep out of the recesses of my brain. I I loved the commercials back in like I feel like it was the 2014 2015 era where no one gave a fuck on television. Like they just showed anything. I remember there's one commercial for like an insurance company where it's just someone saying fuck, and that was the whole commercial. And I think it was like bleeped what? out. It was like, oh, like yeah. five seconds, and then that was it. And that was amazing. The Doritos commercials were incredible. Now everything is just like, I don't know. It's so fluffed up. Like back then, it was just so raw. People were just like experimenting and trying different things. It was incredible. It was just it was so fun to watch the commercials. Now I feel like no one even cares about the commercials. Like it is so bland now. Now they're all like very cinematic and they all have like stories that continue on or they try to make like a a dumb memorable like super monkey butt baby whatever that thing was. That thing was cursed, dude. No. <laughs> that thing was that was a great commercial because that came out when we were in high school and everybody talked about that for weeks. Yeah, that's not a good example. But they they're trying to replicate <laughs> that is what I mean. Terrible example. They're just, trying to, they're just trying to replicate and just trying to go like viral, you know. Like I it's like, not the same as how like raw and authentic it was in the back in the day. I liked that Stephen Colbert almond commercial, or no pistachio commercial, where everything kept turning into pistachios, and it was like three different ones. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, man. I was going to do a Super Bowl thing, but I, I don't want to get into the football pod that I've, I'm planning in my head. Although I will say one thing I like besides the football uh, and the gambling that I like about the Super Bowl is um, you always get some good movie trailers. Some good, you know? You always get a good yeah, movie I mean, we talked about last week, the Cloverfield one. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. I'm so hurt by that still. But yeah, usually, that, if, usually we get one or two good Super Bowl trailers every year. If a, company, if a company does that again, I will not trust them. I can't. I've been hurt before. Yeah, I forever have PTSD. That was terrible. That was just awful. All right, do you want to talk about this chart that you sent me about genre popularity? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, well, I saw a little, a little graph earlier today mm-hmm. on the interwebs, um, and it showed – Film genre popularity from 1910 to 2021. Um, Bo, do you want to post this on our Twitter? So, Yes, I, I'll put it up uh, when, as soon as we're done with this. But um, just 
to one thing that makes me mad about this and I'm probably the only person upset with this that this me and a bunch of 60 and 70 year olds is the western genre it's hurt my feelings here so they're, they're defining popularity by um, the percentage of films released that year that are in that specified genre um, so yeah I think the big ones are definitely western right after let's say 1980 just a huge drop and then there's nothing Ooh, I, I would say right after after night when you get to the 1950s they start declining they dip right and then they go up again during the 60s and then when you hit the 70s it takes a dive halfway through right and it's basically like between zero and five percent all the way until now which makes sense. We don't get that many westerns now. Clint Eastwood's like the only one making them. Um, Power of the Dog. What? Power of the Dog came out. Power of the Dog. That's two. Sure, two. It's two westerns. That's that's that little little spike. Uh, I'm holding on right to them with all of my power. I, I love westerns. Um, I think uh one that's not as surprising is horror. Horror is making a huge comeback here. Uh, huge that rise. one does. That makes me happy. That makes my heart happy. Um, one very surprising one is comedy. I did not expect comedy to be so high and consistent. I feel like there's yeah, been a it, big drop off, but maybe it's not just a, it's not a drop off. It's a drop off in quality, not a drop that's off. That's what I was thinking. And, um, amount of comedies being made. Um, yeah. Um, one thing that I think, I mean, horror and thriller are, you know, like, of course in my, like. Uh, well, not really. Of course, I think th- I thought Thriller would be steadier, really, beginning with like the '90s. It's a steady rise, and then there's like a dip in the 2000s. But I honestly think that 2001 might be 9/11 because nobody really wanted to see th- like stressful shit. But um, yeah, I'm just sh- I, I, oh, that's probably why horror goes down at the beginning of the 2000s, right there too. You see that? Mm-hmm. Um, but. There were some good '90s thrillers. I, th- I I think I'm getting in my head quality confused with quantity, like you were saying with comedy. Yeah. Why uh, are crime and thriller not counted as one? Do you know any thrillers that aren't crime? Yeah, totally. Name one right now. Uncut Gems. That's crime. It's gambling. Gambling in New York at the time was a crime, and there's a literal murder in that movie. That's a crime movie. Um, I knew you were gonna go uncut gems too. I was, I it was my first thought, and I debunked it immediately. Whiplash. Right. <laughs> I would call that a drama, but I guess it's got to. That's be, a no thriller, man. On. Come on, there's no drama on here. Um, going back to the chart, documentary, huge rise since the 2000s, which makes total and, sense of the amount I of mean, docu series and documentaries we're getting nowadays. I mean, that one also, I bet you, if you looked at it, that graph goes right with the popularity of Netflix. Oh, I was going to say the popularity of the internet. That too. I mean, yeah, that tracks. Because as soon as the internet came out, we can just make a shit ton of documentaries. And I think that was when like technology and cameras and everything was just becoming big and it was becoming more accessible and documentaries were like the most accessible thing you can make almost. I think, I th- but I think... What I this I don't know if this would count like necessarily a documentary that would be like accessible on YouTube. I bet it like documentaries got were able to get wider releases because like nobody's really going to theaters to see a documentary before 
like and nobody's really choosing to watch a documentary before Netflix and then you can be like oh this is a thing that really interests me because it shows up in your algorithm based off of things you have seen before mm -hmm. like when I'm like scroll like looking in the newspaper in the early 2000s to see movie times if I see I don't know what's an early 2000s movie um fuck i don't know but if i see one versus a documentary i'm gonna go see the the movie movie the the action film over i'm gonna go see independence day over march of the penguins although i did see march of the penguins in theaters and it kind of ruled same i fell asleep i did too grandmother <laughs> was like stay awake and i was like grandma i'm seven that was like the first movie i think i've like fallen asleep to it's like i'm seven and morgan freeman's voice is so soothing <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, pretty fascinating graph. Just seeing what is. genres are popping now and what genres are declining. I thought action's big kick would come in the '80s, but it's in the '90s, which is surprising to me. Yeah, I'm shocked to see musicals so low too, because I feel I, like. But musicals, I feel like we're getting so little of them, but the quality, I guess, is a lot higher. This is a complete 180 on what we have been saying for the last few weeks. Cause I feel like we've been getting a ton of them recently, and the quality is declining. Well, okay, quality gets the wrong word. Popularity. Yeah. There's, I think, there's few of them, but all the ones that are getting made are very popular. So I think this hasn't completely, like the musicals thing, like this is one that is like not done yet. Because 2016 is when it started to come back as a genre due to La La Land and hamilton mm -hmm. so like i bet in 10 years we're getting a little raise off of that oh totally yeah war is one i'm surprised oh actually i shouldn't be surprised that's low sci-fi's peak not the 70s was a little shocking to me but then again i think i'm thinking like star wars was the only movie that came out in the 70s is what my brain is like telling myself right now mm -hmm. um it's a good it's a cool little graph Shout out at Bono's Data for making this graph. Yes. All right. Um, and we're going to wrap up this first half of the show. We put together lists of a movie per uh, major streamer being HBO, Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. We all chose movies that were added in February that you will be able to watch now and that we think you should watch. So, Jacob, do you want to hit your list first? It's We're doing four from the main streamers and then a wild card that can be from, like, a, a Peacock or a Paramount or just be from another one of the streamers, one of the four major streamers. Uh, well, I don't have a wild card, so I'm just going to do my four. So you just have four? I just have four. No right, wild card right. for me this week. Thank, I texted you this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Told you the rules yesterday. Excuse Thank me. You, um. HBO, I threw in The Last Duel. Um, I feel like it's still underrated. Not that many people are talking about it. It's on HBO now. It's your perfect time, so you didn't catch in theaters to watch it now. It's, uh, it's a great movie and definitely got a little, I don't know, backlash, but just didn't gain as popular as uh, House of Gucci. So it's definitely worth the checkout, especially since it's on HBO. Um, Netflix, I have Bad Trip. I think this also got super overlooked. Um, Eric Andre's comedy film. Honestly, one of the best comedies to come out in so long. Um, we were just talking about how there's so many comedy movies coming out. This is actually a good one and worth the watch. Um, if you love any of Eric Andre's stuff, 
this is definitely it's eric andre to the max um and it's incredible it actually does have a musical number in it and it's one of the best musical numbers of all time to be honest it is incredible he does a musical like oh my god it's in public it's 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 amazing don't want to say anymore uh moving on hulu um little fish also an overlooked film i guess got a lot of overlooked films on my list this week um, came out this year. It came out peak COVID, and it's about a COVID-like disease. So I think that's why it did not gain as much popularity as it should have. But it is a incredible drama slash uh, not really like thriller, but it's just very sad. I guess it's a sad, sad drama um, about a COVID-like disease where you lose your memory and you just like completely forget things over time. And it just follows uh, a couple as uh, the boyfriend starts to lose his memory from this disease and just kind of shows the breakdown of what happens and with the world too. Um, deals with a lot of the same stuff we're dealing with now, but he wrote and directed this before COVID was a thing. So definitely worth the watch. Um, and then Amazon, this one came out two years ago, I think, 2019, 2020, maybe, um, called The Vast of Night, which, have you seen this, spell? I have not. Oh, this is right up your alley. You should definitely check this out. It is a... Nightmare s- Alley. It's right up your Nightmare Sorry. Alley. <laughs> no, wow. That sounds not great, actually. I take that one. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a sci-fi but it pays homage to all these like old sci-fi. It takes place in the eighties. I think um, it's like an indie movie. This guy like did it in his hometown, uh, like low budget crew, all that. Um, but it's, it's really incredible. It's just this amazing like sci-fi movie of these tons of long shots of just people talking. It's intense. There's aliens. Um, this reminds me of like super eight almost, or like even ET, like just those old sci-fi nostalgic movies. Um, really, really great movie. Definitely worth the watch. And it's on Amazon Prime. Mm, let's go on the watch list right now. Yeah, Bo, you would love this movie. So you should definitely check it out. Interesting. I'm already intrigued by the poster of it on Letterboxd. All right. My list is a little bit happier than yours, I think. Um, <laughs> yours got a little dark there in the in the middle with the Hulu selection. <laughs> it's not that dark. Um, it's just sad. All right, so I'm going to kick off mine with a movie from 1956 called The Searchers. It is a Western. Uh, The political correctness of it is not good. I'm going to go ahead and lead off with that. Uh, But it's a John Wayne film directed by John Ford, and it's a classic, like, the classic Western and considered one of the greatest of all time. Like I watched this in a film class in high school because he was like, this is an essential film to how Westerns were created past this. And just uh, tons of movies are inspired by this. Like if you watch, it's one of those where if you watch it, you're like, Oh, that was actually a reference to this movie. Like that thing that, you know, like even the Godfather references this movie and the Godfather came out like 20 years later. Um, it's a, it's a, well, I guess it used to be a classic plot, but it's like a, this guy's a Civil War veteran, and he comes home, and some Comanche Indians or Native Americans had taken his niece, and so he has to hunt them down and get her back. So, not a very politically correct plot, but it's a fantastic film, and 
was revolutionary at the time. Moving on to Netflix, um, we got a movie that I actually I'm gonna go ahead and lead off with this. I haven't seen it. This, this <laughs> You're recommending a movie you haven't seen? Nope. But wow. I'm watching it literally after we get done with this recording. It is a film called Black Hat, starring Chris Hemsworth, and uh, Viola Davis is in it. Uh, and I think that's pretty much everybody uh, that, you know, that people would know. Um, it's directed by the all-time goat Michael Mann, and Chris he- Chris Hemsworth is this like convict. He's like a cyber hacker convict who was arrested, and he gets furloughed to track a criminal network that is committing cyber crimes. And it's like a globe-trotting thriller, and it has terrible reviews because it is supposed to be wildly confusing. But if you like Michael Mann and high-paced action movies that like it's supposed to be a very entertaining watch and very like thought-provoking because a reason that it's so disliked is that like it makes you think really hard and and, and people couldn't keep up with it um it's really funny because i'll listen to people uh who who i like to listen talk about movies they'll talk about this one and they'll be like yeah i think i'm starting to get black hat like i watched it for the fifth time i think i'm starting to understand it and i'm like god i need to check out this movie um hulu i've recommended another classic or something that i think is a classic uh one of my favorite directors who i am doing a big deep dive into right now because of the book on him the david fincher book that uh adam Naiman just wrote uh and i just finished watching his entire filmography actually uh this is an essential if you are a fan of his it is fight club i am sure you have heard of it if you are listening to this podcast shut up um but i mean it's i love brad pitt i love david fincher ed norton's great in it it's got everything that i want in a movie like it's just it is right up my alley um my nightmare alley uh meatloaf is in it r.i.p meatloaf recently actually um he's actually third build in this movie (laughs) meatloaf bob paulson uh bitch tit bob helena bonham carter in this movie if you're a bellatrix harry potter fan um and then I'm just my Amazon is uh, a fistful of dollars, which is another Western. I am actively fighting against the extinction of the Western. This is the movie that made um, it. It made Clint Eastwood a star, and it's a spaghetti Western. So you know, it's the, everybody's speaking different languages, and then they're dubbing in English voices, and it's still one of the greatest westerns of all time. Sergio Leone directed. And it's another movie that was a it's a cultural cornerstone and started a helped start and continue a genre movement that was wildly successful at the time they were coming out. And it made Clint Eastwood into Clint Eastwood. And he's still being Clint Eastwood, even though he's 180. Um, And my wild card is another movie I haven't seen because it has not come out yet. So I'm I'm back in it, though. Great choice. Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The requel. Great recommendation that no one can watch. It's coming out in February. That was the game. I said it didn't have to be on streaming yet. I just went with one that wasn't even out yet and has not premiered yet. Don't hate don't hate the playa. But no, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it's it's gonna rule. I mean Leatherface is back, right? 
It can't be bad. It can be bad. There's a high potential for it to be bad, actually. <laughs> it can but be bad. It can, it can be bad. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the only slasher franchise that I actually have not watched. I haven't even seen the first one. But I'm going to watch them all soon because I'm getting excited. I'm like saw clips of the trailer of this one and it looks like it's gonna be a, a slasher man it's gonna be a slasher it it looks fucked up <laughs> which is i mean te- like have you seen the original because i haven't seen the original no okay well um i know like leatherface dude is like a fu- he's fucked up i think he's the one who's making the skin mask right do you know enough to know that no idea i think he's making a skin mask so he's uh and his family is cannibals or something or he's a cannibal. I don't know. But it looks it looks cool and there's chainsaws. Um <laughs> looks I'd be upset wild. if there wasn't. Hour <laughs> hour 20 minutes. So like even if it's bad, you only lost an hour 20 minutes. You probably got another, enough time to watch another movie that night if you're disappointed. You know? I'm going to watch it. You're you not going to report watch this? back. No. You're not going to watch this? Oh, come on. I want to watch the original first. Well, yeah, we got we, a couple weeks to do that. All right, maybe. I think the original is on uh, Showtime right now. I think they all might be on streaming right now, actually. I think last night I kind of did a, did a deep dive into this um, to see where they were streaming. Uh, I think it's on Showtime. It's also free with ads on IMDb TV. It is on is indeed on Showtime. There's a sequel, but I think I'm gonna skip the sequel actually, um, and just go straight to like the Tex- Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation, which is the one with Matthew McConaughey picking up the chainsaw. I've heard right, it's terrible. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I've heard it's terrible. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I fucking love horror movies. They're so great. You still need to watch Fear Street. That's probably ba- better Texas Chainsaw Massacre, honestly, those movies. Like, if you were going to remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or at least borrow elements from it heavily, like, that was a really good way to do it, I think. Yeah, wasn't it paying homage to it? A lot of it is. It pays homage to a lot of... Do you say homage or homage? Homage. Homage. I think it'd be pronounced either way. I've heard both. Okay. Well, you're from Connecticut, so you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> your dialect is wrong. Your entire your, your state's dialect is incorrect, my okay. friend. Um, no, but yeah, it's it pays homage to a ton of horror movies and horror tropes, and it's a very fun three movies that I'm still upset you haven't watched. God, we've done 50 minutes on trashy movies. I just did like five on the new Texas Chainsaw, which I haven't seen yet. You want to move on to Super Bad? So on to the greatest trashy movie of all time. Uh, this is not a trashy movie. This is a classic, a teen classic. It is the perfect movie, I think, to click kick off our teen movie month with. I it's this is like one of my favorite genres, um, like the teen coming of age movie. I've always loved it, so I'm excited that we get to talk about it, and I'm excited we get to start it with something that I consider to be a staple of the genre. So we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back with our super bad conversation. Hey, everybody. It's Bo here to tell you about our sponsor, Album Book Club. 
it is a book club, but, you know, for albums. And uh, they have weekly picks that they put out on their Twitter, at Album Book Club 1, and they uh, have curators that choose picks week by week. Uh, it can range from hip-hop to bluegrass to death metal to indie to pop. It's all over the place. Uh, it's a great way to discover new music. I've been following them and working with them for quite some time. They also put out their magazines on albumbookclub.com. They just put out an issue with Osar and Paris Price. Uh, they have great merch over there. It's all great-looking stuff. Um, definitely check them out. Give the Twitter a follow. Give the page um, a look. It's great stuff. You're not going to be disappointed. Good way to discover music. Let's get back to the movie. And we are back, and it is time to talk about the 2007 classic. I stand by that classification in this movie super bad. Jacob, do you want to tell us who's in it and what's it about and who directed? I agree with you. I think it is a, a classic. Um, Good. Super bad. It's about two codependent high school seniors who are forced to deal with separation anxiety after their plan to stage a booze-soaked party goes awry it's a great description it really um, is it, it lets you know what's going on immediately <laughs> um directed by greg matola um right written by seth rogan and evan goldberg in high school it's pretty cool mm -hmm. um stars michael Sarah and jonah hill playing basically alternative versions of seth and evan um christopher mintz please pl please plaz plaza Christopher Mintz, yeah. um, as Fogel, yeah. a.k.a. McLovin. Oh, legend. Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, Emma Stone, um, Jolo Chugulio, Chugulio. Um, Dave Franco makes a little cameo in there. He's so funny. His um, his, oh, it's so funny. Martha McIsaac. And, yeah, that's the main cast. Um, so this review that I've grabbed is from, uh, 2007, obviously David Denby, he titled it teen dreams about super bad. Um, super bad is a suburban mock epic. Seth and Evan help with the help of their friend Fogel agree to buy the booze for a party that the coolest girls in their class are throwing. And then a little bit later he says in spirit, super bad isn't so different from fast times at Ridgemont high and other rude teen comedies made years ago. But the tone of super bad, like that of other recent teen movies is so profane and anatomical that it would shock Sean Penn's loudish Spicoli. And then it talks about how this generation like knows so much more about sex just from like the, all this, it says the boys in super bad are all internet porn addicts. Um, <laughs> how bizarrely detailed it is, bagled with fantasy, odd practices, and curious devices. Um, the movie succeeds as a teen's wild fantasy of a night in which everything goes wrong, revised by an adult's melancholy sense that nothing was ever meant to go right. Um, I do agree with this. Is a, this is a criticism. At times, M Matola, Matola, how did you print, go with that guy's name? Matola. Matola loses that kind of perception of character and not and destiny and mere slapstick. Jonah Hill gets knocked over by a car not once but twice and is smacked with a baseball bat as well. Um, talks about the scenes. That's uh, a criticism? This is, yes, it is. It, it definitely is. The him scenes getting, of two, 
Him getting knocked by the car twice was hilarious. I think I think it is a criticism though, because it says he loses the perception of character into slaps like into slapstick. Nah. Um, the seeds of two gleeful cops horsing around with Fogel never rise above the level of goofy in in goofy in. Oh my God! Above the level of goofy TV, I wanted to go with MTV right there because we were talking about jackass. Jesus. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think the 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 reception of this movie of this movie is very very good. Was very good when it came out. Um, it's a seventy six on Metacritic, which is probably to be expected. I think there are a lot of people that would like turn their nose up at this type of movie. Um, I think reception it, it has j- gotten better over time. Oh, it's it's aged fantastic. We can we can have the uh, how it's aged conversation. Roger Ebert in 2007. So you know he's not a, a spry guy. He's not the audience for this movie. Three and a half stars. Great mm. look by Raj. He he cat his title for this column. Mick loving it. Ooh, nice. What a great shout by Raj. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I mean really. What is not to love about this movie? It's written by two high school best friends, pretty much about what happened to them in high school. As bizarre as this situation is, like they they, they based it off themselves. I mean, yeah, That's I remember. Made, I remember sorry. watching this in high school, loving it, and now I'm watching it now, like out of college, and I'm still loving it just as much. It's not even better. It's just like yeah, it, it's aged perfectly. It's still as funny as it was. 14 years ago the thing that i really love about this movie is that it ages like with you i think because when you're watching it in high school you're thinking like oh yeah this is just like me and my buddies you know like we're we 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 get into this kind of we talk like this we do stupid shit like this we we fantasize about girls and talking to girls in this way like yeah it's very relatable but i'm but i'm nervous to talk to a girl and all this stuff and then when you get out of college and you get to the real world or you're in college and you're watching it you look back at it and you're like oh man i was this stupid like i i would have gone through the same convoluted way to get beer in the same way they are like you know like you're not 21 so you have to get creative with it like it's genius it's a i think it's a genius idea for a movie and is a perfect a perfect teen comedy maybe the best teen comedy which is why it won our poll and also, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are just genius writers to begin with. And mm-hmm. this was their first movie they ever made. And it just, it's gotten better right. since then. They have gone on. Oh, I don't, uh, well, do, do you think they've gotten better since then? I don't know if they've topped this as a writer, writing duo. Mm, I think, think they've improved. Sausage Party hit? I love Sausage Party, but I think they improved a lot and definitely matured a lot, too. Pineapple like Express. from that from that criticism that uh, people say like slaps to comedy, yeah, they've definitely they've definitely gotten a lot more mature with their comedy over time, and I think they're they're just as successful. I don't know if I'm looking at Seth Rogen's writing right now. Maybe the only one I would say I would concede is on par with this one because I don't really like Pineapple Express. Um, the interview is is just fine to me. I never saw he wrote they wrote Neighbors 2 or maybe just Seth did that but they um, did both Neighbors Seth doesn't have Neighbors listed on his writing maybe because he started it I don't know 
But but well, I will say the only one I think that is on par with this level of comedy for the two of them is this is the end. This is the end. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Disaster artist is big. I love knocked up. Long shots great. I love knocked Sausage up is Party. good. I for, I forget about knocked up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is also Judd Apatow too, who's the producer of this movie. Yes, and this was. Uh, it, it's. I mean, it's never a bad time to be. They didn't write Disaster Artist. I'm looking at it right now. Who wrote it? Uh, Scott Neustadter, Michael H. Weber, and then it's based off a book by Greg Sestero and Tom Thistle. I think they produced it. Then I know they have probably. Yep, Seth Rogen and Evan produced it. Okay, so this is a great time to be Judd Apatow because uh, he's. He let's see where did it really begin? Freaks the, and the Geeks run for him. Freaks and Geeks, yes, but I'm talking about the film run. He got his Freaks and Geeks guys in you know 1999, and he was like, all right, I am making movies with these people. Um, he did Anchorman. I think that's probably where it begins. Actually, I would say Anchorman is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Anchorman, Kicking and Screaming is so underrated. Forty year old virgin. And then he does Talladega Nights in 2006. In 2007, he does Knocked Up and Superbad and Walk Hard, which is – Walk Hard was almost my recommendation for Amazon. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. And then 2008 follows that up with Pineapple Express, Step Brothers, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is him at the peak of his powers, and I think Superbad is probably that peak. Yeah, I'd say this, argument. this might be the best. I, I think this might be the best movie all of these people are a part of. I think you could make an argument for Jonah Hill and Wolf of Wall Street, but this is this movie is so re- just it's so it's like such a, a moment, I think, in like almost everybody's lives that it's the it's the first movie I think of when I think of all, a lot of all of these people. I mean, Michael Sarah, I think of Arrested Development, but if we're talking movies, that's good, too. That's a good point. This or Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim, too. Yeah, Michael Sarah might have a couple better moments than this. Mm-hmm. But almost anybody else, I'm I'm going right to this. What do you think about for Bill Hader and Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen, I'd probably go to Superbad, too, because he's just so freaking funny as this cop. Um, and Bill Hader, I mean, I'm jumping to SNL first, but I'm going besides Barry. that, I'm... Yeah, recently Barry, but, I mean, until then, what was it? Yeah, I don't know. He didn't have any major comedy roles. He was in Trainwreck, but, like, okay. He was pretty much just doing little bit parts in places. Yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall he was in, which was a year after this, and it was very, very funny. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's not he's not starring in anything in the way he is in this. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And definitely Christopher Mintz Plass, Plassy, Plassy. Yeah. You know, he's... He unfortunately was. He's now just Fogel. <laughs> no, he's McLovin. He's, he, that too. I mean, I, I, I think you can go either way. Chicka, Probably chicka, yeah. chicka, chicka, What's up, gangsters? Like it's so. Everybody knows that guy. He's McLovin. Everybody know, every, Well, yeah, but I mean, everybody knows that guy in high school. Like, and then like, don't fucking tell him what we're doing tonight. Like, everybody <laughs> has that friend. I might have been that friend, you know. Like, if you don't, if you can't think of that friend, you are that friend. Like, it's 
it's it's so good and it's so relatable and I think one of the things that made it so perfect and what was the writing in that um they talk like they're in high school yeah you know, it like, was so natural and it's 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 the same reason i love the first it movie actually because it's like middle school high school era when you're that age you just cuss for no reason you don't even know how to do it but your parents aren't around and so you just do it you know like it's your little it's like a little bit of freedom that you have so you just swear in every single sentence yeah, it just it felt very natural. It really felt like they were all like best friends in high school. Mm-hmm. That and then like we I mentioned earlier, the awkwardness of talking to girls when you're that age, because yeah. there's just there's hormones everywhere and you don't know what to do with it, with yourself. And it's anxiety everywhere. And then like, oh, my God, this is a girl that I think is really attractive. And oh, wow, she's walking up to me. I actually have to talk to her. It's it's a stressful situation. And they nailed it so perfectly. Mm hmm. Um, and a big part of nailing it is Michael Cera and Jonah Hill. Cause like they're, I mean, they are, if you, if you told me they weren't best friends in real life, I would be shocked. Michael Cera and Jonah Hill, I think in this movie gave some of the best drunk performances I've seen. Oh my God. It's especially high school drunk. Especially it was incredible. I, I literally legitimately believed that they were drunk. Like, the getting upset with each other for, like, a stupid misunderstanding. And then, like, at the end of the night, you're like, man, I just love you, man. I love you so much. Not even just, like, the dialogue, but just, like, the the mannerisms they had. Yeah. Like, the, the, in their eyes, you can just, like, see. They looked so drunk. It's so funny. Oh, God. It, it's, like, and I, it's, this is a terrible way to, to describe a movie, but it's just, like, uh, it's little stuff like that, like, the intangibles of it, you know, almost. Like... Almost like like the saying like the eye test for a basketball player like where you can just look at it and tell like you look at a player and you can tell that he's gonna be good or tell that he's good and you don't have to look at the stats like you don't have to like analyze every shot and every line of this movie you can just like literally look at it and look at the interactions and be like yep this feels perfect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything's just so natural flowing the entire time. <laughs> I think the addition of rogan and hater as these because the story is about um michael Sarah and jonah hill's characters but fogel is so funny that you have to have him doing something in this movie and you have to keep him in this film so the best way to do that is to pair him up with these two like fuck up cops who want to seem cool and this is a kid that wants to seem cool and they're like all three the same person trying to be people they aren't you know like yeah i think his character would not each other i think his character would not have worked as well if he stayed with jonah Hill and michael Sarah the whole time right because they would have just like, bullied him the whole time they would have bullied him and it would have gotten in the way of their like development and their right. like you could if you wanted to look at it it's we've we've talked a lot especially with like all the paul thomas anderson we've been watching we've talked a lot about like male to male relationships right and this is another this is and you're analyzing that here, especially in this era, I think, of going to high school. This was before, like, this is when calling somebody gay is still, like, a peak insult, you know? Like, <laughs> but I'm serious. And so the, the they they don't know how to handle having such a close male relationship, but 
because they're so worried about being seen as like, oh, they're together. Like they don't know how to properly express their feelings to each other and they can't talk about how they feel about not rooming together in college or not going to the same college. Like they're scared to. Mm-hmm. And it takes them having like these like life or death experiences one night to finally confront it. And it's like, and that's, I think, another great part of this movie is if you want to analyze it in that way, you can. And if you just want to laugh at Seth Rogen talking about how his gun is like a dick, then you can. Like, it's a, it's it's genius writing from Rogen and Goldberg. Did I get too deep on the Superbad pod? No, I, I agree with you. I had nothing to say. You, you nailed it all. Oh, man. And... This is like I wrote relatability on this uh, document, like our outline document. And, <laughs> and I just saw the quotes you wrote down and it made me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's like, I mean, even like I graduated in 2017 and I went to high, I'm, I mean, I went to college in the same place I grew up and obviously I went to college. A, b- a bunch of my buddies stayed here too, but. A couple of my best friends didn't, and it it was shitty for them to go, and I, it's upsetting for like these people that you've been with your entire life to leave. And this party, the part, the the idea of setting it at a party is genius because it's not only a graduation party, like closing or not the graduation party because they are not invited to that. As the guy who spits the loogies lets them know, but it's their graduation party. And it's like the saying goodbye to this high school environment that they were used to, saying goodbye to this town that they were used to, and saying goodbye to each other, uh, all three things that I don't think they're ready for because they're not even adjusted to high school. They're fucking nerds. They're losers. <laughs> yeah, but also I feel like everyone kind of went through that with their friends. Like when your friends yeah. went to different colleges, you did feel that, but you never like expressed it fully. Right. I'm not saying that they felt that way because they were losers. I'm just saying they weren't adjusted to the high school and like they clearly are not ready for college because they can't handle how to do high school correctly. Jules says like, uh, if, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours or something. And he says the funniest thing about my back is it's actually located on my cock. Like this kid is not adjusted. He grew up drawing penises and now he wants to watch. He's looking for a porn site where he can see dick go in vagina because there's not enough of that on the free tubes. Like he's, he's they're not adjusted. Bo still hasn't confronted his friends about college yet. <laughs> it's a deep trauma that I'm holding in, and I I release it by watching Superbad once a month. And, and drawing I'm, dicks. I'm, I'm writing long think piece essays on what Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg haven't told each other yet. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but it's – and not – and they these are my, – my final point is, like, not to – take the title of michael Sarah's show but these are two 18 year old kids in a state of arrested development they're fucking children but this is like the there this is this night is them i think having their last night of childhood stupidity because they're about to go into the real world and they fuck up a bunch in this movie but when you're in high school that's really the last time you can fuck up to the scale maybe not to the scale because they almost get shot like five times but <laughs> It's the last time you can, like, I don't know, try and (laughs) steal liquor from your local grocery store because they'll probably be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just put that back. Or, I I don't know, probably not extort a guy for hitting you with his car, but (laughs) (laughs) 
Classic last yeah. day of school things. Yeah. There, there are things in this movie where I'm like, yeah, I did shit like that with my friends. And then I'm like, whoa, these guys are fucking – these are idiots. Well, yeah, I think what this movie did well is that it showed those, like, relatable things. Like, it didn't – there's no cliches in this movie, like, you usually see in high yes. school movies. There's no, like, popular kids. There's no, like – I guess was there a bully? Not really. There wasn't really like a, a bully. There was the, the guy school. who said like, <laughs> the guy who spit on him in the beginning. <laughs> spit on him. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's that, but that was like the closest thing to like a cliche in high school that you can get. Everything else was just like, uh, it was like very relatable. It didn't feel like these other like high school movies that came out at the time that were just so cliche and also only followed the popular kids. Right. Uh, another thing I like about it is, um, the they, they don't get the girl. Did you uh, say that? Well, they kind of do. They do, but like they don't. Like if it was a typical, if it was a John Hughes high school movie, like at that party they're losing their virginities, but they don't. Yeah. He headbutts Jules, and Becca throws up on Evan. <laughs> Almost, but yeah. And no, she does, doesn't she? She throws up on him. Just missed. He missed that whole joke. Just like, oh just yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, and also a, re- a really good, something that has helped this age movie extraordinary well is Evan, like, not sleeping with Becca because she's drunk. That, that is such a, like, near miss in this movie. I, I don't think it, with his character it ever would have happened, but if this was, like, a movie in the 80s, like, it's happening, you know? Like, that, has, that helps this movie age so well. Mm-hmm. And also just, like... Um michael sarah and um what's the girl's name becca becca yeah just talking about just like how sex goes down when they're about to have sex (laughs) i'm so wet right now they told me that will happen in health (laughs) class (laughs) in health class freaking kills me it's so uncomfortable and it's uh, i hate it but i love it oh my god I'm I'm just looking at some of the quotes right now. It it, it is I'm going to do I'll do a few quotes that I really really like from this film. Um <laughs> Uh let's see. Evans, I'd give my middle nut to start dating Rebecca. <laughs> um Evan when he see <laughs> when he sees Fogel smoking cigarettes with the cops. Fogel I just don't understand why you were smoking cigarettes with those cops, Fogel. Because I fucking rule. Oh, we are so going to get late. <laughs> That's a badass um, scene. He comes out of the car, smoking the cig, and he flicks, flicks it. Flicks it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the homeless guy, hey, hey, it's you, McMuffin. <laughs> Makes me cry laughing. It's such a stupid line. Um Evan, when Becca's trying to take off his clothes, just be careful because it's a meaningful sweater to me. It's vintage. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to some good Seth quotes yet. Uh, some good Jonah Hill. Um, <laughs> the best is when he's doing that long rant about like how he wants to be uh, good. He's like, we need to be good at sex before we go to college. And he's like... So he goes, you know, when you hear girls say, oh, man, I was so shit faced last night. And I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then um, 
I t- I've talked to you about this one before the show when Fogle asks uh, officer, he goes, what's it like to have a gun? Officer Michael says, it's like having two cocks if one of your cocks could kill someone. <laughs> I think right after that is when, when he goes, oh my god, have you guys ever killed someone before? And they both look at each other and they kind of look down and they go, no. <laughs> what do you, they played what do you perfect cops. Oh, they're so good. They were literally the perfect cops. Especially cops like trying to like impress somebody and like make people think that the the cops are like cops aren't are, aren't losers. Yeah, because you don't or, like cops are cool. You never see that like persona as a cop played in movies ever. Right. This is like the only it, time that they pulled it off, and it's hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, you knocked a lot of the good quotes. The only one, another uh, one I had was, I just think this has one of the best what the fucks of all time in this movie. When Such a scene for me. When uh, Jonah Hill is confessing his love to Emma Stone and he <laughs> he passes out and headbutts Emma Stone in the eye <laughs> and Emma Stone just goes, what the fuck? And it's just the way she enunciates it, <laughs> the way it just comes out of her mouth is so funny. <laughs> It's just so, she, like, uncalled for. He hits face first, and she just walks off. <laughs> it's because, like, her, like, a whole, like, tone and attitude just changes when she says that. She's, like, really looking at him. <laughs> she hits the deck. Oh, my and what a, what a black eye did she get after that? Oh, yeah. They're... And she she goes to the uh, mall with Becca to fix it. I that was weird because they hadn't been hanging out in in school together, and then all of a sudden, like they're hanging out out outside of school. It was weird. Yeah, that was a little odd. I did notice that. <laughs> I got two more Seth ones that I need to hit because I just saw them while I was scrolling. I couldn't see them <laughs> earlier because my eyes were watering from laughing. Um, Seth, you don't want girls to think you suck dick at fucking pussy. <laughs> nobody has gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since nom <laughs> kills me every time it's just it's it is infinitely infinitely rewatchable mm-hmm. uh, spe- it's a hundred percent like it's just one like you throw it on and you're like oh <laughs> They're at the scene in front of the liquor store. Like, I'm just going to watch for 20 minutes, and then you get sucked in. Oh, I forgot uh, the liquor store when they're out front, and the girl jogs past them, and they talk about the breast reduction, and he's like, what, what does he say? Um, oh, God. Uh, he says something about, okay, I heard she got breast reduction surgery. And then Evan, what? What? That's like slapping God across the face for giving you a beautiful gift. And Evan goes, she had back problems, man. <laughs> just so quietly. And then she goes, he goes, plus it's not just a reduction. They, like, shape them and make them look more symmetrical or everything. And they jog. They start running because Seth goes, oh, man, I got to get a look at these warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear him go, quick, she's turning the corner as they're just chasing this girl. It's so funny because, like, that scene is so random and just, like, so, like, just placed in there just to get them away from yeah, the bar. Like, it's so up. obvious that that's the thing, but it's still so funny. It completely sets up the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, they just need to get him away from the liquor store so he didn't see Mintz walk out with the cops. 
but it's just it's so it's so random and just so uncalled for that it works in the movie i also love how uncomfortable the cops are when they're talking to the uh the clerk at the at the at the liquor store and they're like did he look like you or did he, did he look like me do you mean was he a woman and he's like no like did he look like you or me do you mean was he jewish all right so we have an african jew <laughs> It's funny because I feel like that conversation is like more relevant today than it was back then. Yeah. Like it, that fits like that would hit so hard like now more so than in 2007. And so with the general what like race uncomfortableness we have. Yeah. Now. Just like cancel culture and just all that. Whatever. And he doesn't want to say was he black. <laughs> <laughs> did he? He's like it's like did he he's like starts like describing rappers. He's like did he look like this guy or did he look like Eminem like. <laughs> perfect yeah it just, it just shows uh, how timeless this movie is that's so great um it, it really is timeless i i think you could show this to somebody from like the 90s and it would it would still fit oh yeah oh man it, it's there's so many little things i love about it <laughs> i like when he's talking to the uh home ec teacher and he's like i'm sorry but home ec is bullshit and i'm sorry for cussing and insulting you but just i want to have fun and he's like out of breath explaining this to the teacher and it's cutting back and forth to michael Sarah, and he's like drawing cat <laughs> within the cat whiskers with the flower on the honestly other guy. very relatable teacher too like i feel like in that situation like the teacher would like overreact and be like oh you can't swear at me go to the principal's yeah. office or whatever like that but like this teacher was like played it cool and was like calm and i feel like that's how like most teachers are you know like especially like, especially to a senior like at the end of right. his college career she's not gonna be like blowing up at this 18 year old who's practically an adult for swearing at her like yeah like she played a, a real teacher which was nice yeah she's she was great underrated shout for that teacher like un underrated mm -hmm. uh performance there she's very very good in that part um man i think one of my favorite scenes is uh when they when they're at that weird party that uh what's his name joe uh joe latruglio took uh took him to in exchange for uh hitting seth rogan or hitting seth with his car and they're like, you're Jimmy's brother, right? To Michael Sarah, He's like, you're supposed to have a beautiful voice. <laughs> like, sing for us. The fact <laughs> that he fully sings, like, the entire song and they, they do the full thing. They're, like, crying. When he tries to get the high pitch and he cracks a little bit. Oh, it's so uh, good. I, I also quote, like, when um, Jonah Hill's leaving that room and he's like, I know, fuck me, right? Like, <laughs> I quote that all the time. That's a classic that quote. All of the time. I think a lot it of people do. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's hilarious. Fuck me, right? Yeah, fuck me, right? Oh, it's so perfect. What a great film. You got? Do you have anything left? I'm like, I feel like we've just been quoting it the whole time, which I think is the only way we can talk about this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's an insanely quotable and relatable movie that is just timeless and still holds up today. Yep, Seth Rogen made a classic. Evan Goldberg made a classic. Jed Apatow made a classic. Everybody made a classic. I'm looking at this right now. Martha McIsaac played Becca. I haven't really seen her since. 
Yeah, it's true. I don't know what she's up to. She most recently did something called Sky West and Crooked. That was a sh- and Crooked. I don't know why. Oh, she does some. She does some Family Guy. She's been on Family Guy since 2012. Some voice acting, nice. Just jumping around, little stuff there. Um, she doesn't do much. She, she's. It looks like she works steady, but she's not like. Superbad's her biggest role, probably. Yeah. All right, she's good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what is this? Your, is this your favorite Jet Apatow? What's your favorite Jet Apatow? Um, I guess this is. Yeah. Um. Sorry to spring a tough question on you. <laughs> that's tough. I I, I love Jet Apatow movies. Um, I do. Too. This is definitely his funniest. I feel like his other ones are more, I don't know, relatable is the right word, but just like more warm, I guess, mm. um, and have a different tone than this one. This one's definitely like the silliest and the funniest. You think this is funnier than Anchorman? Mm. Mm, see see what I did there? It's a tough one. 40-year-old virgin? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> it is tough. Judd has a, a tough it. roster. Uh, he's a... He's a comedic legend and i think he's also moved with the times very well like i think king of staten island was a good pretty good movie and totally de- definitely I, I i i think like had we been high school age when the king of staten island came out like or i guess if we were in high school now like this would i, I think a lot of younger folk it's weird to say that when we're only like 23 and 24 but i think a lot of younger folk probably appreciate that movie a little bit more than we do he knows how to move with the times well, is my point. You know? I you can't just agree. nod. This is, an, this is an audio medium. You cannot just nod. <laughs> I agree. What are we doing next week? Uh, next week, I think we are – next week, I've already said this, we are doing Friday, the Ice Cube movie. Yeah. You ever seen that one? I don't think you have, right? I thought we were doing a poll, no? No, not for next week because we're doing. Uh, it's when we're doing the Alchemist uh, short film review, right? With uh, Trey Alexander Fox, uh, a writer from AB, our host ABC Mag. You know those guys, and he's gonna come on and he's gonna. We're gonna talk about the Alchemist short film that was just released, and we are going to talk about the '90s classic Friday. Yes, so you gotta good. get on watching that. I love that movie. It is so fucking funny. Um, it's on HBO Max right now. If you would like to, anybody out there in the world would like to go watch it and get ready for next week. It 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 <laughs> it's 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 a perfect comedy. I think 1995 Ice Cube, Chris Tucker. Um, Tom Lister Jr. plays Debo in it. John Witherspoon's in it. Nia Long's in it. Regina King is in it. A lot of, a lot of famous names. Iconic. Gets sampled a lot in music. It's good. Tony Cox. He's funny. All right. You got anything left? Fuck me, right? (laughs) And on that note, we will see you next week for Friday, everybody. Thanks for listening.